Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favour and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this After Lodge banter. Woohoo! Welcome to episode 209 of the After Lodge podcast. This is After Lodge Harlan, uh, literally just dropping in my chair. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm very happy to see the brethren gathered after Lodge. Uh, Tony is busy at Brother Nipple's house riding a scooter. Uh, I hope he shows up because there is much fun to be had with that. We have worshipless producer Bruce. Good evening, gentlemen. Sir John, the aspiring Scottish Rite Mason. Hmm. <laughs> Guten Frog. <laughs> Jeff? Is aspiring too, word a, too, too strong a word, John? Aspiring. Yeah. yeah. Not like I have my Perspiring. 30 second. He mispronounced aspiring. Yeah. <laughs> we have Jeff. If Jeff can hear us, he's been dropping. Uh, I, I can now yeah. at the moment. And uh, Nicholas is uh, with us this week and not at, uh, at Ikea or Bed Bath & Beyond <laughs> or any of the plethora of other child-friendly places. Crate and Barrel? You know, when you guys have kids, you'll understand. Yes. <laughs> yes. I hope to understand one day. Um, and last but certainly not least, um, somehow we have uh, coaxed brother David Riley into rejoining us after Lodge. I haven't seen you in a while. David, how are you? I am well. Um, I would have come back before, but no one ever asked me. Well... Uh, Harlan, we I thought I thought you were charged with the with extending him the um, long the freestanding invitation yes, to. We did. In case it wasn't clear uh, the last time, it is a standing invitation, Brother Riley. Uh, I appreciate so, that. I'll try to come uh, back occasionally. You have to know when we're recording, which is supposed to be at eight Eastern on Wednesday nights, but uh, rarely is that actually the time we record. Also, if you could do us a favor and not bring Nick next time, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> and just, just give Harlan some time so he doesn't pretend like he always combs his hair. <laughs> That's actually where he's been for the last half an hour. Yeah, somebody, somebody said David was coming, so I've been in the bathroom making sure that... Uh, somebody, somebody got a new jar of Dapper Dan. No, I didn't. <laughs> Gentlemen, if you haven't seen uh, my my roll top desk, um, well, let me get yeah. This is this is my roll top desk, and over here is my drawer full of pucks of fine hair product. <laughs> so, when the dam breaks and my town floods, <laughs> I will be that guy swimming down to my roll top desk to save my hair product. Isn't it waterproof though? 
Well, yeah, but I mean, I need it, and it's underwater. My hair. Yes. Dapper Dan. <laughs> Harlan, you missed such good Masonic education. You know, I am. I am. I really would have rather been here. Uh, that's all I can say on the matter. Um, our lodge's relief committee was dispatched, and I was summoned to tend to that. And uh, yeah, there, there, there was no good in any of that. So, um, Harlan, I, I, I got to tell you, there's right been the more middle. Masonic knowledge wasted on me and John in the last 45 minutes <laughs> than there's been on this podcast in months. Right. Well. Yes, um, I could see that, but that's just a byproduct of having an actual Masonic scholar on the show instead of me. Where it was, so. it, it was like having a flying bottle of uh, scotch rolled up in front in front of two street alcoholics. It was like really. So nice. then you guys, mixed don't it worry, with, fellas, the Boone's Farm is back. So then you mixed it with uh, with expired Coca Cola and <laughs> mm, Listerine. Yes. Yeah, you um, missed it. We talked about um. Well, John, you were there. Tell tell them what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> there will be an exam. Some oh, sort good. of movable and immovable objects before uh, a Baltimore convention and Templary and the Druze. And yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, Druze? tell it to Harlan. Like anything good ever came out of Baltimore. Harlan, not the Jews, the Druze. Oh, the Druze. The, yes, I know. I'm. I, how did that come sure. up? That's an odd uh, thing to, we, to bring up. We, we briefly mentioned about going down the Masonic rabbit hole of somebody of this caliber who knows way too much for idiots like us, right? <laughs> and then I quick regurgitated a story about getting hammered around uh, Tim Hogan about five years ago and just about wanting to curl up in a corner and weep. Oh, great conversation! But my brain was full. It was all very soggy. Yeah, the question was, what was a broached thernal? Thernal. Uh, and that was my answer. (laughs) And I seconded that one. (laughs) This is an object that was pictured along with the trestle board. Yeah, uh, for a first degree lecture, is that right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the older um, um, immovable, immovable, yes, immovable objects. Yeah, immovable jewels in the first degree lecture, and it still shows up. Evidently, evidently, the Germans kept it, as far as I can tell. Well, hmm. not surprising that the Germans would keep something that sounds like it was out of Torquemada's, you know, toolbox. <laughs> Just saying. Wow. If it keeps it much time. In that case, I am extra sorry I missed it. Um, I did get to spend Monday night at the celebrating the autumnal equinox uh, with my wannabe traditional observance brothers. Hmm. And... Uh, much drinks were had, much knowledge was dumped until too many drinks were had, and then somebody went down the ancient aliens rabbit hole, and uh, the rest of the night's kind of a blur. <laughs> oh, no. 
Um, well, so it was great. We had a, our speaker was talking about uh, the Thomas Jefferson's ideas behind his personal work that was never intended to be published that uh, Brother Jason then takes and places upon our altar at every opportunity he gets. Um, we refer to it as the Jeffersonian Bible, but the uh, was it the life and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth? And somehow that sprung off into deism, which sprung off into the human genome being wired to reach for the stars, and then it spun into aliens. And then at that point, the Tyler banged his glass and we did the Tyler's toast so that most people could leave because the conversation was going south. And then I stayed like I always do. Now I don't know if I regret it or not. Um, my head hurts. <laughs> so our head hurts. We're sober. And we got to learn about something called the Baltimore Convention. Oh. I've heard a few things about that. Which Probably. apparently Massachusetts attended and then summarily wrote off. Yeah, well, much wrote like off, everything else. Wrote off in part, which is even more confusing. <laughs> Are we going to do it or not? We'll do a couple of things just so that they won't yell at us, but we're not going to do it all just to keep us out of sync with everyone else. So, for like the three people who haven't read Bob Davis's book on that it explains it, what is it? The Mason's words. No. The, oh. The Baltimore <laughs> Convention? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Baltimore Convention. What is it? Um, following the Morgan exposure um, at the beginning of the... Uh, at the beginning of the Anamasonic period, there was a um, convention of the vast majority of Grand Lodges in the United States with the intention of basically um, taking steps to adjust the ritual so that people wouldn't be able to sneak into lodges using an exposure. That was the idea. So they made some changes in the ritual specifically to trap people who were um, working from exposures. Yeah, we, we sort of do that um, still, right? Well, when somebody comes into your lodge quoting Duncan's monitor and you can recognize them right off. Right. So, it, for example, in those states where you spell words in alphabetical order, that's a Baltimore Convention change. Don't all states do that? No. Well, then they're doing it wrong. Uh, Massachusetts <laughs> is the oldest jurisdiction in the Western Hemisphere. If you're doing it differently than Massachusetts, you've made an innovation in the body of masonry. <laughs> Old doesn't always mean correct. I mean, let's look at Bill Cosby. <laughs> David, I get the feeling you said that quite a few times because I feel like you had that ready to go. I, I, yes, um, that change came out of Baltimore. Name two other good things that came out of Baltimore. Uh, Paul Revere, <coughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> I, you I know, nothing. nope, got nothing. Cal Ripken <laughs> Jr. I rest my case. <laughs> Our Baltimore brethren are going to send you a lot of emails. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that would be nice. We don't get John at three distinctknocks.org. <laughs> you can write me there. Strangely, <laughs> most of the emails that we get here at the After Lodge podcast are they're disproportionately from outside of the United States, which I mean, I welcome it. I just I don't understand why we appeal. 
or why the thought of talking to us appeals so much to non-Americans. Because the same reason they watch our politics. Because mm. we're, we're loud all, and angry. Because we're, we're all loud and fucking crazy. <laughs> okay. We don't have thinking. to say anything of import if we're the loudest. Well, we're I like also rather think, amusing. I like to think it's because we're we're harping on on the same sort of stuff that like maybe other countries are more likely to favor. You know, like not having a fish fry as the sole purpose of your lodge's operations. What? Oh God, I'd, I had that oh. conversation with a uh, grand sensor Bob. A brother, a, a, no, a brother at my fish fry lodge Monday. Is that the name of the lodge? The Fish Fry Lodge? <laughs> it might yes. as well be. Uh, as long lodge as we're on this podcast, yes, it is. <laughs> fish Fry Lodge number one one seven. So, but he's not. <laughs> so that's not entirely a joke. Uh, Jeff's other lodge is the Fish Fry Lodge. Like it, yeah. they have a massive fish fry that, like, of the state. It, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah. With there, there, there are two other. There are two lodges that I know of in this area that do fish fries every week, not just around Lent or once a year. It's like a restaurant size we're operation. If that yes, helps. bam, Harlan, you got to stop turning away from the mic. We can't hear you when you do that. Oh well, so I had to move the mic so like my face could be on the camera because I like looking at myself when I pop up when I'm talking. But we but never the microphones in the way. Video. I can, I can hear him just fine. Yeah, yeah it's not about, it's not about the it's audio. Florida thing. Florida. If I put a mirror in front of my Florida. computer, then I can't see anything. So this is the best I got. This is a podcast. What do we care about the audio for? <laughs> you know, I've been asking that question since episode one, Bruce. <laughs> so clearly, you did not listen to episode one. <laughs> uh, I've tried to purge it from my memory. I'm curious as to why a lodge would do a fish fry every week. What do they do? I mean, obviously, it's to make money. What do they do with the money? Buy more, fish. more fish fries? Yes, yes. Basically, yes. They, um, it, it Essentially, it pays all the bills for the lodge. Honestly. It's supposed, it supposedly exists to be the charitable arm of our lodge. The problem is... It seems to me like all the expenditures are just going to okay. We got to pay the gas bill, and here's the water bill. And here's Honestly, the cable. And- a lot of the lodges in the area that do that, or a breakfast, or something else weekly or biweekly, it's because our dues are too low and we can't pay the bills without it. That's yes, which that the, that's why our dues are so low there. Um, I did the math. Uh, what they were when we first opened before we started the fish fry is uh, when adjusted for inflation is more than double what we're paying now. So clearly that fish fry has done nothing but keep the dues low. And I, that was what got this conversation started is, you know, your your lodges dues should be high enough to pay the bills. And he goes, Oh, what's your social club for? I'm like, the lodge shouldn't have to have a social club to function. Well, who's going to donate the money? I said, the lodge. The lodge collects enough. He's looking at it strictly from a tax, uh, tax exempt nonprofit status because that's what he does for a living. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, I've got to ask you about something, Harlan. After well, now, the show. now that Tony is but, here, uh, Tony's going to fix this at our lodge because Harumph. 
he's soon to be mayor of our county. And uh, after the election, he's going to get us some of that sweet, sweet government money. And we won't have to worry about dues. Right, Tony? Because that's how masonry was going to happen. You you didn't hear about all these dues problems when G.W. Washington was president. He he took care of his lodge. Tony's going to do the same for us. Actually, I think you could pay your lodge dues back then with a chicken. So so I don't know that you're comparing apples to apples. What I'm comparing is you're going to get an office and you're going to get us some of that sweet county money. That's what I'm saying. I I think that... I think the term Absolutely was Tammany not. Hall, not Tammany Y'all. <laughs> so, Absolutely. If y'all don't know, uh, Tony was recently endorsed by the FOP and uh, immediately lost my vote. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm aware, Harlan. He posted it to every Facebook page that did not immediately delete it. Yeah, we're having fun uh, up here. It's election season. Things are kind of crazy. We're all uh, slaving away to get Tony in office so we don't have to raise our dues. So it was, have, uh, go ahead. I have two questions. Is the Tony on the show the same Tony that does the, all the political talks on stage? Pretty yes. much. <laughs> 99% Pretty much. the same. The sandwich, yes. Uh, and people like him. He, he's, he's an everyman, you know? It's, it sells. Nope. Anyway, and my second question is, uh, Tony, I'd like to know where I send the bill because your chief of staff was down my throat to get you something made. And I woke up my sister-in-law who worked tirelessly at night to have it made for you. And we didn't even get a thank you. Okay, uh, let me let me Nick, tell you how here's, this. Here's here's what we're gonna do about that. We're just gonna go ahead and subtract uh, what we would pay you from the donation you were gonna make to Tony's campaign. And if you could go ahead and just send the rest of that through, yes. uh, we will process um, that. Um, also, as possible. Tony, it was the spouse of Tony's chief of staff, and uh, as I understand it from her, and I'm more apt to believe her than you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> tried to outsource this work to India, and it ended very poorly. Yeah, I, I, I saw that picture, Nick. I was pretty. Hey, what do you want for a dollar? What do you want me to do? <laughs> so, as a software guy, um, I reiterate every software guy's point of this is why you can't just solve your problems by shipping them to India. <laughs> if that's well, what you got for artwork, imagine what software companies get back in code when they do that. I, Wait, that, that, that first picture really was an outsourced picture? Like, you didn't do that yourself? <laughs> I just like to think that there are numerous problems that can be solved by shipping them to India. And I'm convinced that if we did enough of that in Freemasonry, we could solve our problems. We just need to ship a whole bunch of past masters to India. Ooh. And then there'll be India, the Grand Lodge of India's problem. Instead no, of we know the we know the. Well, now he's the past Grand Master of India. Yeah, okay, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Well, what I, know, problem? I know at least three on the past Grand Masters in my state, and at least a dozen past Grand Commanders. You can have. And by the way, <laughs> if if you can't quite get him to India, I'll settle for Pakistan. By all means, it'd be great. They'll all be running around with their "Make India Great Again" hats. <laughs> Nick, you yeah. had two. You had two questions there. The first question is yes, the same Tony that's on the show, the same Tony everywhere, is the exact same Tony that gets up on stage and does the comments. You when may I not st- want to say that, Tony. Like, you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know, somebody may find this recording and play it back. It's well. <laughs> 
then go find the chaplain's worst day ever. Yeah, pretty much what you see. Pretty much what you get. And the thing is, when I first started this, I said, I am going to run like there's nothing to lose. And I'm going to run like, uh, and I'm going to be the Donald Trump clone. And I'm just going to say whatever I think. It works. Well, you've been doing a terrible <laughs> job of that. What do you mean? It, it works. Okay. Did you, did you see the uh, uh, the season of American Horror Story Cult? No. Yes. Yes. So it's about a guy who wants to be on city council. So he starts a cult that kills the city councilman because there was an election coming up soon enough. So then it forced a special election. And then he started um, serial killing so to, as to cause fear in the community. And he ran on like a real strong law and order platform. I'm just saying there's ways of getting elected. <laughs> well, the, 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 there's a strategy and there's a timing issue. One of the things, Harlan made the comment that I was uh, endorsed by the local FOP Lodge, which I was. The Fraternal Order of Police had unanimous, unanimously uh, thrown their support behind me. The, the vote was 100%. Now, today I received a phone call. If any of you guys are familiar with uh, 22 Strong, is anybody familiar with 22 Strong? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. 22 Strong is an organization that helps. Uh, every day in America, there's 22 veterans that commit suicide mm-hmm. uh, due to PTSD. It's horrible. But part, and so part of what their platform is, is to give those veterans assistance. The second part of their campaign or their platform is to legalize cannabis. Mm-hmm. And so you ha- I had to get the FOP endorsement before I got the cannabis legalization endorsement. Had it been the other way around, I may not have gotten the first one. So, and so there's a strategy to how you time this. You, you dirty shit bag. Yes. Yes. So, Excellent. Uh, the real question is what's your opinion on abortion? No, Jeff. Uh, nope. Uh, nope. Stop. Nope. Stop. Stop right now. I'm never what? had one, never will. Yeah. <laughs> Being as he does not have a uterus, he's not going to answer that question. Now, the, now, the third, the third question, question that has to be asked, I just came onto the show, and I'm sorry, I usually come on and totally ruin everything. Does, yeah, anybody, like tonight, yeah. on. does anybody else look at Richard and the new guy? I don't know your name. I'm sure you're very <laughs> important. Um, but does anybody look at Richard and the new guy and, and remember back to Laverne and Shirley, Lenny and Squiggy? Y'all remember Lenny and Squiggy? Oh no, you didn't. So their new names now are Lenny and Squiggy. So. I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to object. We actually like David. Oh, um, is his name David? Yes, he's been on the show multiple times. <laughs> Has he really? I don't pay attention. We've been on his we know, show. Tony. We know. <laughs> you so, know, one of the most his... qualities in a politician is being able to remember people's names. So, yeah, yeah, so you know David. what's going on here, that, David. David. Uh, Tony, but, Tony is our county's Donald Trump, and he's not really his his handlers take care of it. But but David, you said he don't brother. have what we call the social skills. <laughs> <laughs> but David, you said uh, no, Jeff. You said that we were on David's show. What what show is that? Oh, it's this little hard like nobody really knows it. It's uh, three. <laughs> Th- three three little 
Three little uh, Oh, I got it. Three yeah, D something. Um, I thought that was just a joke we made up. Was that were we was that really for real? It's a real podcast, Tony. I thought we you were just were mess- on it. I know, but I, I thought we were That's just pulling around. I thought we were just pulling around. I, so, so, so really, if I was to look up three DK, three distinct knocks, there would actually now is it like a clone? Not, not, is, not it like, is it like you know what, you know what Tony? We 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 don't want to be tied, Lord. To certain. Uh, politicians, uh, y'all don't don't just Google 3DK. Um, make sure you spell it out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, yes. what you yes. just did, Harlan, is made everybody that listens Google that. I, I don't I even know, so I'm there's, there's nothing that. there. I just want to be oh, okay. it's a model railway search engine term spike. Uh, <laughs> hey, Tony, are you a, a Democrat or a Republican? Or oh, no, are you a Democrat or are you wrong? <laughs> I am a, oh man, I am a I am a very moderate libertarian Democrat. I think I could shut my microphone off for this episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am running as a Democrat, but I'm a very moderate. I'm, I think there's. I think there. This is not. Wait a minute. You're you know, very I'm, moderate amongst your social circle, Tony. You hang out with avowed communists, so of course you seem moderate. <laughs> don't, don't get me started on, on this. Let's talk about something else other than the election. I, I deal with the election like 24/7. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about little Richard there. <laughs> yeah, Richard, uh, what have you been up to of late? How's your uh, how's your black mold problem working out at the temple? Um, so not mine. I'm not a member there, but uh, rumor is. It. Uh, I don't want to talk about that one. Um, well, let's let's talk about. about Nobody wants to talk about anything. Have you been peed on yet? How 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 far away are you from being peed on? His his kid's not here yet. Uh, how far how how far away is it? My, uh, my wife is seven months pregnant. We so, uh, we so actually nine pregnant. months, and so you got what? Closer uh, to ten, but yeah. Did you really not know the difference between seven and nine? So let's see. You had seven. We got to get to nine. Look pretty. Sad. How do we? <clears throat> He's not Scottish, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. So we went to get a tour of the hospital, and it was like this military. She could have been like in the military, like very like boot camp style. Like here's how it's going to go down, and it was really, you know, I'm like always the class clown, and I was like, <laughs> and then she started like describing like how it all happened and then all the guys in the room kind of went from like <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna sit down for this one the birth of a human being is a beautiful sight to behold nick <laughs> yeah nothing involving the phrase mucus plug is beautiful <laughs> nick the only suggestion in this wait a minute uh, don't take oh, this ahead, too Tony. well don't take this as being too risque but anything you need to take pictures of, of some things now because you won't see that again. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that it's um, uh, you're not going to see your wife again. You're not going to see you know all those toys you bought. You're not going to see them again. Uh, I'll be watching for them on Craigslist. <laughs> Gently used. <laughs> I will. I will give you Nick the same advice my good friend from high school, who's still a good friend of mine, gave me. Whatever you do, don't look down there when it's happening. 
Mm. What are you talking about, John? I was I was down there with the catcher's mitt, man. I was I was in the action. Oh no, that made me look. So I'm just passing it on to somebody else. It's like a curse. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm rather proud of my fatherly achievements and assisting the or sitting down there like Johnny children. Bench. Um actually I think that's that, one Nick. thing I think that's one thing we've really screwed up in modern times. Back well, in the, Harlan have kids? Well no well back in the day <laughs> back in the day the father basically dropped the mother off at and they they took her away and you went out in the waiting room and you smoked some cigars, you got hammered. Out. Yeah, you got hammered. You hit the you hit the snack machine, and and then eventually they'd come out and say, "Hey, you got a kid," and that was that was pretty much your part of it. And I think we need to go back to that. Ah, uh, back in the good I, old days. According to my mom, I was my grandmother's first time seeing the birth, and I'm the third wait grandchild because like she was or the first time being in like in the room conscious because they knocked her out for all of her kids and. Oh. Okay, okay, real quick, real quick. After I said my last comment, I heard this sound coming from the other room. It was kind of like a... <clears throat> and, I, and now my wife is standing at the door over there. I'm, I'm not joked. Well, she's she's way uh, back in there. Yeah, you're in trouble now. And, Hello, Mrs. Uh, Tony. Just so that everybody knows, this is all for play None, nothing on here is to be taken yes the seriously. tony you see on the podcast is not the tony that you will see on stage no. except he's apparently 100 percent the same <laughs> with, a few minor, with a few minor changes the so, topics discussed here on the afterlife podcast podcast are not endorsed by the afterlife podcast or any of, or Tony's, who are all or any of its insane. members yeah no we are not qualified by the internal revenue service to make political statements or endorse political candidates all of this is satire in case you didn't know every square inch yeah. <laughs> i get it square inch did <laughs> there so hey, um, wait i got to guys i got to tell you guys something so in your jurisdictions how many candidates go through at a time? Only one or more than one? Well, I guess that depends on the lodge. Um, we strive for the one-at-a-time standard. Uh, sometimes that's not possible. Uh, I have seen, I've seen Master, Mason's degre- Master Mason degrees. Let's see. The most I've seen in one was 12. 40. What? Oh. Please tell me that 40 was a one-day. Yes. Oh, no, I'm talking like the full-on degree. It took all night. We started at 5 p.m. and we're done at like midnight. Was that we, the Prince Hall or? No, no, that was our. Uh, wow. That was here. That was here in a seven. Grand Lodge. You did seven. Most I've seen is five. We did seven, but the lodge was open in two rooms. Huh. Oh. We did seven on a Thanksgiving morning once. Uh, that that worked because we split them into groups of three, and then there was one guy by himself, and then then we only had to do the ritual three times. So the reason I ask is because somebody told me about a lodge they went to this week, and they had seven guys, and they ended after midnight. So 11.30 p.m. rolls around, everybody's done, and the, the worshipful master's like, Brother Secretary, do we have any minutes to read? And the whole lodge right there took out their guns 
and put the <laughs> They took out their guns. Yes, Harlan. They had guns in Lodge. It's Florida. Let's speak to a deeper issue. <laughs> right. Like, I, I didn't think I was going to have a problem with this story uh, beyond the multiple people. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought the ending after midnight was where the issue was going to be. But mm-hmm. So we've got, a, we've got a few of those types in our lodge. Apparently there's a meeting at the OK Corral Lodge. <laughs> we have a few of those in our lodge, so we invested in these. Why, why do you all even have a tiles? But they're shaped like a pistol. And so we make the guys check their firearm with a Tyler and we give them the little squishy one so they have something to grip onto and not feel unsafe. If you get dudes in your lodge room during the meeting with guns, just bring the Tyler in so he can be part of the meeting too because he's like literally worthless. <laughs> well, one true, but we bring our Tyler in all the time. Uh, that's... After Lodge Lodge was the first lodge I ever went to that the Tyler didn't open the door after Lodge was open. Yeah, he only does that at our lodge for important business stuff. So work and never for routine business. Um, We just were, I guess, very literal in our interpretations of ritual. Hold on, so Nick is raising his hand. Guarding the door. Second, have Nick, I told you all my favorite Tyler story? Probably not. Tell it. I so, love this story. So I have to remove names from it because it could embarrass someone, and I don't want it to. But um, we had uh, a thing going in my mother lodge where we had the the appointed Tyler's job was to take new master masons and educate them on the role of the Tyler and why it was important and what a Tyler does. I love it. And then the new Master Mason would be Tyler for one meeting. Interesting. And so we had a brand new Master Mason who, this guy is the most, he's just one of the sweetest human beings I know. He's a really great person. Hold, hold, hold on. But, but before you continue, did you all have a habit of like messing with the guy or no? No. Was that, was that not a thing? Okay. No, no, that's not a thing. Wait, I think I've heard this one. Yeah, but this is, this is what happened. Um, he's standing outside, there's a degree going on, and he's been told when candidates are moving on the floor or something is happening with candidates, you don't admit anyone to the room. Correct. Yeah. And a guy comes up to him, an older man comes up to him and says, I need to go in there to make an announcement. And the Tyler says, um, I'm sorry, you can't go in right now. There's candidates on the floor. And the older gentleman says, do you know who I am? And he says, no, I'm sorry. And he says, I'm the district deputy. And our guy says, I'm the Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) And he didn't mean it it that way. It's just how it happened. (laughs) So when I became Worshipful Master, I appointed him Tyler. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Of the Tyler. Turns out out the important announcement was that somebody had taken his parking space. Really? What? Wow. Hey, that's not that's not funny. Somebody parks in my (laughs) spot and I get all kinds of (laughs) banana shape. 
I'm the, Why does the district deputy get Harlan his own has a soft spot space? for parking spaces? I'm the district deputy. Kick rocks. Why does a district deputy have a parking space anywhere ever? Why John, is he even allowed in the lodge? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm having like flashbacks now. I'm trying to remember the number of times people told me to kick rocks or pound sand or buzz off or some other such thing when I was wearing the fancy apron. It was a lot. I cried. I almost, I almost uh, my, I think it was my first tour as master, not my second. I almost had our district deputy escorted from our lodge room. I never got that. I did get left outside once, though. Uh, they told me <laughs> to go outside and sit with a Tyler because they wanted to do a formal introduction. So I'm out there bantering with the Tyler. <laughs> you told me the story. Some time goes by, then the door opens, and everybody leaves. Coming out and hanging up their aprons and going down for coffee. I was very sad. <laughs> were you? Were you Wasn't that at the current Grandmaster's Lodge? Uh, no, this was at. Um, no, this was at the. This was at last year's District Deputy's Lodge. Um, uh, okay. I had a good relationship with those guys, so it was all in good humor. But Arlen, it was one of my favorite you, stories. You all right, worshipful? Uh, we don't call them that here, but yes. Uh, in twenty. Yes, when this uh, when this show first started, like the first year, uh, was when I took office. So there's like a year of shows where Jason and I talk about our travels around the district. Some of the best stories the on comedy this that ensued show come from those episodes. He was so my uh, travel buddy. My there's favorite. places where the district deputies were referred to as right worshipful. Yes, yeah. I visited Florida uh, as I frequently do. Uh, I, I'm a I love the guys down at Mocana Lodge. See them every time in Orlando when I can. And uh, yeah, every, when I went down there that year, they made like this big hubbub about it. And it was right worshipful this and right worshipful that. And I was like, y'all are making me uncomfortable. Stop. Yeah. And you know, they made me sit next to the master, like not in the, not in the pew behind him, right. like in the chair next to him. And I, I didn't like, I wanted to refuse, but I had a feeling that it was non-optional. And so I just went with it and then it was like election night and it was a big meeting. So we were there for hours. It was just very odd how you guys treat district deputies. That's <laughs> sorry. That's totally foreign to me up in my jurisdiction. In order to be called right worshipful, you have to be an elected member of the grand lodge. Yeah, that's how I, and there's is. like five. Hmm. I, um, my favorite, um, um, practice. I some jurisdictions, um, you only have the title when you're exercising the function. Yep, so, hours. even if you're, even if you're not in lodge, if you're not, or if you are in lodge but you're not acting as, then you're just brother. You're just some dude. Yeah, yeah it's so, a, <clears throat> in our like, jurisdiction. Well, that's that's true. true for, that the the as you join different organizations in Freemasonry, your relationship to your fellow members gets more and more distant. So you start off as brother, and then you become a companion, and then there is an organization where you become a cousin. And what organization you become a cousin? That's my business. And then <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start a Masonic body. I'm gonna start a Masonic body where you're acquaintance. Yeah, and you can be right acquaintance, most acquainted. Hold on, but you would agree with me 
that when we call Demolay people dads, that's weird. No, because I was a Demolay. Hmm. And you didn't think it was weird to call random dudes dad. So my chapter advisor. I did it all the time, but I just didn't know who my dad was. <laughs> Anybody ever go to Texas? I do. Yeah. My chapter advisor. Here. My chapter advisor in Demolay was Reese Linwood Harrison Jr. Walk up to any Texas Mason and say Reese Linwood Harrison Jr. and they'll yell where and duck behind the couch. <laughs> He's a past grandmaster of Texas. He, he every Monday night he was at the Demolay chapter with a bunch of smelly teenage boys trying to teach them to be human beings. I think that's kind of remarkable. No, no small fault. I'm no not knocking Demolay. I just think it's weird that they call each other dad. Well, it's from Frank S. Land, who founded the organization. And when he founded it, he founded it for a bunch of boys whose fathers had been killed uh, in the war. So he became a father figure to him. So they affectionately called him dad, and then it just carried over. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense, David, mom. if you're going to say it like that. So you're going to make fun of orphans, Nick? <laughs> really? Making fun of well, orphans? I guess if you're going to wow. make sense. That's classy. <laughs> ah. 3 even even for after lodge, that's low. Just because it's true doesn't mean you should say it. <laughs> there is no too low. There are just things we haven't done yet. That's true. I just figured it out. You're David Riley. <laughs> I, man, and this man is running for office. Oh my but god! I am so sorry. I did not realize you were the David Riley. I, I am he, so sorry. I bow to you, sir. He is a representative of your political party, just to let y'all know. Yeah, look, he's just, clearly as qualified as the president of the United States. So. That's what I'm saying. means he's going to do great. Tony he's going to do more things than any other. I do know who David Rowley is now. I do know. I'm sorry. He's going to make After Lodge County great. Tony, have you made the United Nations laugh? No. <laughs> And I don't think but he will soon be making the state legislature laugh. Uh, <laughs> like the same thing, just on a smaller scale. Yeah. You have to start somewhere. I'm going to do more in the first two years for this county than all the other for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Take there, time, I, for that I didn't quite expect that response, Bruce. But. You, know, you know, prepositions are tricky things. For this county or to this county? Well, so, uh, it's both. And in Tony's case, it, it would actually be true, but that's because the, the bar's not really that high. Um, also, we are calling it the county mayor, Tony. Don't okay. screw up again. Now I got to doctor the audio. I'm sorry, county. <laughs> are, are, are we still doing that? We, we, oh, I thought everybody figured it out by now. No. Um, yeah, we are like. I mean, yes, but we're still that doing has it. that office because we're confused, and I'll probably have to explain it to David when we're done. No, oh, I, dude. you already explained it once. Oh, did I? Did, okay, yeah, it's bizarre. It, yeah. We're a bizarre. It, Tony, Tony, everybody knows Nick's in Florida. Everybody knows I'm in Minnesota. After that, it's all bets are off. Okay. <laughs> well, if you want to find out where we're at. All you have to do is we we had two new uh, fountains that we've got going for tourism. Just listen uh, to the first yeah. episode, Tony. We explained in the first episode where we're from. Did you see yes. the Did you see the fountain today, Harlan? 
It's in the middle of the road. It's coming out of the manhole cover. And there was water. <laughs> it had so much rain. The sewers are overwhelmed. It's, there yes. was so much water. It was actually shooting water about three foot out of the manhole fountains. I was thinking with a couple of LED lights put around that thing, we could actually put a couple of chairs around it. We could call it a park. And we can get like some federal one, grant money. We'll, we'll, we'll make it like the one that used to be slightly north of my town. No, we'll, we'll make slightly it. A, north. We'll get some federal grant money. We'll funnel ninety percent of it over to our lodge, and uh, I like I like the way you think, Tony. We're, we're going to do great things here. The lodge ain't getting nothing. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Sir. I, the, the, the lodge ain't getting nothing, <laughs> sir. I I do I do plan on expanding the laws on a citizen's arrest though so anybody that wants to make a citizen's arrest may do so citizen's we're gonna, arrest we're gonna have all eighty thousand people in the county running around citizen's arrest citizen's arrest i think that I would be, i think i, I just had three more fun. gray hairs grow in <laughs> that would no, be you're under arrest <laughs> i'm just thinking well, i'm that's arresting what, you for unlawful detainment <laughs> well, now that's let's see. That's where Harlan's extra income will come in. If everybody can sue everybody and arrest everybody, then Harlan will have a field day. Yes, uh, more than I already do. As though there's not enough litigation to go around. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I thought the fountain things were really cute. We had two of them that were doing that. We got got yeah. We have been getting drowned in the rain. So back to the the autumnal equinox feast that my other lodge does every year last year we were standing outside the bar afterward and it's like 90 plus degrees and 100 percent humidity and we're just looking at each other it's like welcome to fall gentlemen this year we're meeting standing in like six inches of water that just permeates every parking lot pouring down the rain and it hasn't stopped raining and i don't even know how long it's like we live in seattle now and uh, it was the same kind of sarcastic, welcome to fall, gentlemen. Uh, I think our seasons are just all mixed up. And it's mostly because Bruce drives that Mustang. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the V6, man. I can't, I can't go any easier on the environment. That's fine. It's fine. My children will just go to school in a swamp. Um, They'll have the better gas masks. They'll be fine. Well, I will say this. I am doing my part for the environment. Did you all see my new mobile command vehicle today? No, but I, I heard about it. I thought you'd seen did it, you, Jeff. Did you post a picture I did not. of that, Tony? He was yeah. at Nipple's Tony, house on a scooter. You just said you want to put LED lights around the sewage exploding out of your sewers. Yes, LED. How, how is that doing your part? They're efficient. Well, no, I, I'm doing my part because of my new mobile command vehicle. Huh. I'm going door to door now. Instead of driving my big Dodge uh, Ram Beagle full size quad cab <laughs> Hemi truck, I am now driving drive on a daily basis. Well, now I'm driving around in my scooter. I have I have um, went and bought a brand new scooter that gets 90 miles to the gallon. Well, when I, you're on it, it's well, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, but, yeah. Your results may be different than those posted. Harlan, it, did Tony get one of those little rascal things? That they have? No. So, I, I got to be a hover ramp. I haven't seen it, but he, he skipped on the Fraternal Relief Committee so he could go to Nipple's house and ride a scooter. Oh, 
I forgot about that. Oh, Way to go. Now, keep in mind, Tony will get on the scooter just to go to the end of his parking or part of, end of his driveway <laughs> to get his mail, turn back around, and use He's it to go to the him. bathroom. He's the reason but, we don't rent golf carts for the big fairs anymore because he would steal a golf cart to ride over to the porta pot. Hey, I have found that the secret to campaigning is getting a little scooter. Have a big man on a little scooter. And now you go door to door. I'm putting postcards in the paper boxes. But if somebody's outside, if I drive up in my big truck and I pull into their driveway, I can see the look on their face. There was intimidation. For some reason now, when I pull into their driveway, if they're home and I'm on my scooter, there's not the same level of intimidation. It's more of a, hey, hey, how are you? Tony they're just looking, flicks the propeller on top of his beanie, hops off. They're looking, around for, for, they're looking around for cameras. I've got to be on some TV show to see this big guy show up on this little scooter. I think the Shrine Clownly unit has basically discovered the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not near as creepy on a scooter. You can get away with anything on a scooter. No, no. The Shriner Clowns are still creepy regardless of the size of the mode of transport. It's still creepy. Um, but it's better in 2014, we had a midget with a broom and that didn't sell as well as we thought it was going to. So maybe have you watched, be been watching a little too much. Oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, that was we the live. last campaign. Oh brother, where art thou? <laughs> Tony was at the breakfast, uh, because it's campaign season. So he, you know, comes to breakfast and cooks handmade to order omelets for all of the town citizens. And he hands him the omelet and says, is you is or is you ain't my, my baby. <laughs> well, the, the topic of conversation on anybody that you don't know that comes in the lodge, the very first question is, hey, how you doing? Where you live at? Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then if you, <laughs> you live outside the county, he just doesn't speak to you again. Yeah, you don't get an omelet. <laughs> Ask Bruce about that. Bruce lives outside the county. He didn't get an omelet. But we, we live real close to the county line. So we have a lot of people that come from our northern um, metropolis yeah and so and it's a large area and so yeah we have a lot of people that can't vote for me and uh speaking of which nick the uh specially designed uh facebook frame that you made for his campaign how hard would that be to change from i'm gonna vote for tony to i support tony yeah i can't use the first one Sure you can. Just throwing that out there. Bruce, well, we I have, mean, he is a Democrat, a, so we have a large <laughs> we have a large number of the deceased lobby who are big fans of Tony, and they need help getting to the polls. So you could help that's, in that way. That's fair. Okay, I'll be there. I've had fun. enough. Of, you know what? All jokes aside, I've had enough of that talk. I am so sick and tired of hearing how we're going to dig up people and bring them in to vote. We don't have to dig them up. What we have to do is get <laughs> busting people from outside the county that nobody knows and just give them that ID. So yes, we don't like dig Bruce. up people. <laughs> We're just well, the way to floating away anyway. You know, I think it's it's pure discrimination not to allow the vitally challenged to vote. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as many rights as the rest of them. Yeah. More, really. After all, they, they are the great majority. Well, I feel like they're a little too partisan in our town, though. Where do you think? Here in our county, the dead lobby always goes solid Democrat. I don't think so, because where do you think I've gotten most of my guns from? I've pried them from their cold, dead hands. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's terrible. That's terrible. That's going in the show notes. Hey, why can't criminals vote? Why can't we try who? Why can't can't criminals vote? Well, convicted felons can't vote because that's one of the things you lose when you become a convicted felon. So, because of our society, we don't believe that a man can serve out his sentence and be done and have paid his debt to society. So we must punish people for the rest of their lives for minor crimes. Why did I you believe libertarian that question? I I don't, yeah. Plus, it keeps minorities from voting. Correct. Once you, I was going to go there, that's your term, and once you paid your debt to society, you should be fully reintegrated into society, yeah. and you should have your right to vote. I, I strongly believe that. I, I agree with Tony on something. I'm not a fan of, of <laughs> wash your brain right out while you're in prison. I I philosophically have issues with the idea that a court can ever strip a man of his right to vote. Tony, do you have to do that into the microphone? <laughs> Tony. Um, so, all right, it's on. I mean, when you when you think about it philosophically, what good is is having the power to vote in a governmental <laughs> system? I can I can mute him. Um, what good's having a right to vote philosophically in a society that has the ability to take your ability to vote away? Like your one recourse against the system that has incarcerated you is is gone. Um I've I've never been a fan of I get the firearms thing. If you're, you have a violent history, I don't like it, but I get it. I get some of the other civil rights suspensions, but voting has just never sat well with me. Uh-oh. I think I agreed with a libertarian now. Huh. Good. <laughs> so, so this is very common, and, and don't be alarmed. You see, no matter which side of the, the political spectrum you come from, when you're talking to a libertarian, you're probably going to mostly agree with him on half of his things. Well, what I find is that, in general, I'm glad that the people who vote Libertarian do, because I wouldn't want them to vote in a way that mattered. Oh, okay. Dirty bastard. So, <laughs> so I can't get into it too much, but where we live and the way the Electoral College works is whether you vote Democrat or Libertarian your vote doesn't matter. Or Republican, actually. It doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter here. It really doesn't. Um, th there are red delegates going to Washington every four years, and that's just how, that's just how it is. So you should vote Libertarian. Is your, get some brand recognition. Is your congressional delegation uniform? Uh, no, there is a speck of blue and a sea of red, which oh, if you, you, you know where we're from, so you know exactly where the speck of blue is. Here in <laughs> Pennsylvania. Pens here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> As Harlan adjusts the audio. But Pause for edit. If you say that anybody would agree with a libertarian half the time, does that mean yep. you guys just steal stuff from both parties and you don't re really run on anything original? No. So what it really is, is that we are... Uh, how do I put this? Are we serious about ideas that the major parties pay lip service to to get elected and then completely abandon? 
Um, so Republicans tell you they're going to be fiscally responsible and then spend more than Democrats could imagine. And <laughs> Democrats tell you that they're going to respect your individual freedoms and give you censorship like you wouldn't believe. So it's, right. it's it, you know, we, we say both things, but actually mean them. So Being a libertarian believe- is what happens before you take the giant pull off the moral meth pipe and then suddenly decide that you belong to one of the two other parties. Yeah, well, I mean, I am <laughs> I am working in a Democrats campaign, so that's there's no counter. You're working for a, a a disguised Democrat. He, he, he's okay. First of all, you're an attorney, so you can't mm-hmm. feel bad about anything because that would imply some sort of you know feelings. I love and you and too. I love you, brother. <laughs> Just when, saying. When my husband was admitted to the bar, um, they put a chip. In the back of his head. Right <laughs> I remember that. It was and, a thing. Yeah, what they do is they take out they take out your morality and they replace it with professional responsibilities. <laughs> we call them yeah. ethics, but yes. Um, ethics and morality are not the same thing, although frequently confused. Often ethics run counter to common morals. In in Massachusetts they've renamed it. It's no longer professional ethics, it's professional responsibilities. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so I mean, it is in Minnesota. Some of it's obvious, like the attorney-client privilege runs smack in the face of of common morality. If you know that your client has done something reprehensible and you don't say anything to anyone, um, I mean that's just the basic example. Have you ever read? Which is Rob- also why priests have no morals. Just saying. <laughs> have you ever read *Rumble of the Bailey*? Have I what? Red Rumple of the Bailey. Uh, I have not. Yeah, I, I, anybody who's an attorney should read Rumple. He's an English. Damn. He's an English um, character. It's fiction, but he's a he's a um, sort of the least respectable member of his um, court chamber, which is you know his law practice, and he specializes in defending petty criminals. And the first thing he says to every client when he comes in is, I have no desire to know that you are guilty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's... I I help myself sleep at night by saying that I am working to defend the system and not the individual person. Yeah, Um, Nathan had a law professor who said, the point of the legal system is is not to achieve justice, but to resolve conflicts in a way that caused the least bloodshed. Yes. Actually, that is uh, straight out of... Oh, I done forgot where that's straight out of. But yes, that is, that's a bedrock idea. And that makes perfect sense to me. So we tolerate some amount of injustice. We, intolerate, we tolerate some amount of imperfection in the system because we achieve the greater good of not having clan warfare. And as an Irishman... I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so what you're describing is, is literally day zero uh, of law school for me. Uh, So the day before school actually starts, you have to go to this orientation thing. And the first actual legal discussion we ever had was a, a, it's a hypothetical case uh, called Pottinger's watch. I think every law student gets exposed to it, but it's a story about a guy who steals a man's watch and then sells it to another man, and then skips town. And the man from whom the watch was stolen 
finds out the man who bought it has his watch and takes him to court. And it's this legal philosophy question of what do you do here? Because somebody's going to eat a loss. The guy that bought it is out 50 bucks and he didn't do anything wrong. And the guy that had it stolen could be out a watch. He also did nothing wrong. So what, what do you do? Well, what happens in our system is you take the watch and the attorney pockets it and that's it. Well, that's correct. That's just. And everybody had to suffer a loss. Um, so while what David said is, is the true answer, uh, the correct answer <laughs> is, uh, you know, we had to come up through centuries of legal theory with the, the man who bought the watch gets to keep it because the law should lie with the person who was best able to prevent it. And so the guy who had the watch was the best able to prevent the whole thing by better protecting his stuff. Are you serious? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm going to have a discussion with Nathan. I, I, I welcome you to do that. There's a reason he's no longer a practicing lawyer. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not an easy question, and we're just talking about a watch. So then you go into some of the really dicey, like serious loss issues that our legal system has to deal with. And so what David said is absolutely correct. It's not necessarily about true justice, but about maintaining a system where we don't get vigilanteism. Um, I'm watching the Green Arrow on Netflix. I'm a fan of vigilanteism. Yeah, it's all cool when it's, like the Green it's not cool when it's Grand Sensor like Bob with his hand Batman. Yeah. Grand Sensor Bob it, rolling around town shooting people for stealing water bottles. It's it's vigilantes are all great when you when you agree with the vigilante. It's <laughs> <laughs> when you disagree that the problem. Well, so when the vigilante is looking for you is when it becomes problematic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, I remember having a chat after Lodge with a prominent conservative member of our Lodge uh, about this very subject and how we shouldn't have to rely on the government to deal with these evil people and good people should be able to just handle it themselves. And so the, the counterpoint to that was, well, that's all good until the social justice warriors actually become warriors and decide to practice their vigilanteism. And that, that made him think for a moment, at least. Then he decided they don't have guns and he does, so it's all good. You can always refer him to me. I'm a former member of the crew of the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society. Yes, yeah. yes, we've talked about that. The, uh, oh, yeah. The, the whale, yes. So I have conducted my... Now... Were you ever on TV? Huh? Were you ever on the TV show? I, I, I pre I predate the TV show uh, by David was doing it before it was cool. Yeah. I, I was that doing guy, it before we had that one guy still in the Japanese you jail. Mean David was doing it when it was cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah it, it, of course, all the activities that we did were authorized by the United Nations Charter on the Marine Environment. Because every craft it's in the high seas is responsible for enforcing the environmental regulations. I feel like the Japanese skippers disagreed with your interpretation. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. You know, it's odd that you would say that, but I once I once claimed that if I was the uh, you know if I was the president of the United States, Japan would be the country that I declared an outlaw nation. <laughs> we would invade. We would invade Japan? Yeah, because they're whaling. And you know what? It would be easy because they only and have we get all the defensive force. We've kept them from having a full army. <laughs> so. He's right. He's right. Yes. 
but but you and don't we've got how many marine long. bases already on that country? Yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be a decisive victory. If you give them too much time, you're going to be dealing with Voltron in the Pacific, and you don't. Like, <laughs> well, like, like we've they build a full size Gundam already. We've already invaded. The Marines are there. We just need to take yeah. over. Well, that's the thing. Is like like you guys said, is the Marines are already there. So as a uncle to two Marines who I'm very fond of, they're both you know excellent boneheads. Is you just look at them and go go forth and engage in fuckery and watch yeah. what happens. <laughs> Yes, that is the uh, United States secret weapon. I've I've heard that often. Drunk Marines. There is no weapon more dangerous on the face of the planet than a 19-year-old pissed-off Marine. <laughs> my 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 father was a career Air Force officer, and his saying was, "It if you want to die gloriously, become a Marine. If you want a warm bed and a good meal every day, join the Navy. If." <clears throat> If you want no glory, but to die just as quickly as a Marine, join the Army. <laughs> That's fair. That's and fair. if you have a brain, join the Air Force. So. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Army, Mr. Riley. Sure. So you're really against whaling? Yes. Are you okay. for whaling? No, I'm, no, I'm just Tony, curious. Tony has pro-whale, yes. Well, I got to I, I gotta, uh, get the oil from the lantern somehow. Well, no, I was curious about it. <laughs> have you had a problem with whaling? I mean, have you, like, ships coming down your street and looking for whales and you got accidentally harpooned or the side of your house actually got harpooned? Or why, you know, what actually got you into being against Oh, because whaling? I care about the marine environment. And I don't want to have to explain to... Yeah, but most people don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to care about the whale. Usually, usually most there's people like a... Riley. Well, usually there's something that leads up to that. I'm just okay. asking you your history. Kind well, of. I w- get comfortable, boys. I was an environmentalist. <laughs> and I was at an event where I was temporarily detained for an extended period of time. And the person who was detained next to me was a member of the board of directors of the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society. <coughs> And she and I um, had a very long conversation about what Sea Shepherd was doing. And I thought running away from home and becoming a pirate for the environment sounded like a great thing to do when I was 26, 27, 500 years ago. I concur. Well, that's a cool story. Seriously, I I, I figured something led up to really... You know, everybody, a lot of times people have a cause and there's and in each cause. A lot of times is just as important as the next cause, whether it's saving the animals, saving the children from starving with uh, what's her name? Uh, Sally Struthers uh, <laughs> or saving the no, well, or saving the whales or whatever. And, and so I was wondering what led you to that. So you, you explained yeah. it. So cool. Well, if we don't save the whales in 300 years, a giant probe is going to come and destroy the earth. So we've got to save them now. <laughs> terrible movie. So long and thanks for all the fish. Um, that, it was not a terrible movie. It was a terrible plot. Yes. Yes, yes it was. It was terrible in general. I mean, the movie would have been okay if it had a bigger... If, if there was something more important than just saving the whales, I mean, I'm pretty kinda... sure that was the one that they had like the, they they had to have had like no budget, so they couldn't afford all the sci-fi sets. So they're like, all right, screw it, we're just going to San Francisco. No, all of the, <laughs> all the CGI in the world could not have saved that film. But that's okay. how we. But that's how we got clear aluminum, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Transparent um, aluminum. Transparent which, aluminum. Yes. Which I have to admit, that's pretty damn cool. 
That is and we cool. learned about nuclear vessels. <laughs> Cooked him. So Tony uh, participates in environmental protection in his own way here in Western Pennsylvania um, by replacing the natural predators of the deer population, as you can see in his background. <laughs> I you laugh, but that's no that's no joke here. We take uh, like our wildlife department is is a big deal, and we take that very seriously. If you get a deer without the appropriate paperwork, you'll get more prison time than you would get if you shot your neighbor. You think mm. we're serious about deer hunting, though? You need to go to Minnesota. I used to crazy about it up there. I used to but, go out on the first day of hunting season and uh, meet hunters and walk with them and educate them about environmental issues. You're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I've actually... See, you mentioned deer hunting in Minnesota. Like, you go to Florida, the deer hunting, you can hunt them with a boot because they're so small, you run up and kick them. <laughs> Key yeah. deer. Minnesota, they're the size of a Buick. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to mistake the moose for a deer. <laughs> yeah, very poorly they for you. They get awful angry. They can move awful fast. No, that, David, I do understand your your position on on that, and I respect it. So, well, I you know my position has evolved over time. Things are much more morally clear when you're younger. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, yes, I get that. I I don't know if it's a function of me getting older or the chip that they put in my spine, but yes, things are much less black and white than they were in the uh, in my former years. Well, I still go deer hunting every year. But I've actually gotten to the point to where I just like being in the woods and I could almost exchange. I couldn't do it yet because I'm afraid I'll run across a bear or something or a cougar. But um, I could almost exchange my rifle for a camera. I just like watching everything. The wonder of nature. And when you see that mama fawn come out there with or the mama deer with her two little sometimes sometimes three little does and it just looks so beautiful and they're they're playing and prancing and chewing at the leaves and, and then and you try to are, then you have to decide which one you think would be the most tasty uh, <laughs> and the so, rest of them die of predation, starvation or accident in statistical order that's why I, I, you, bought, I, I bought your story tony up to the part where you mentioned the mountain lions there is nothing peaceful graceful or or miraculous about those you you shoot on sight because they will kill you i was about to say isn't this isn't our state's rule literally you think like that's one of the handful of animals you can shoot on sight it doesn't matter where in the state you uh, are no, no. no, no not only, you're actually only, not allowed to hunt them at all but only if it's attacking you if, if it's coming to oh. attack you then you can kill it so it's kind of like the old thing you're allowed to shoot somebody inside your house if you shoot a mountain lion you want to position it in such a way so the ranger the ranger's gonna know that it was coming for you because you're not getting out unscathed like it it will get its pound of flesh one way or another those those things are i think mountain lions are beautiful because they serve the same purpose as the emblems of mortality and freemasonry (laughs) huh everybody is equal in the eyes of the mountain (laughs) (laughs) and the one on next face and this will end. <laughs> yes, it's so like you hear that that distinctive cat-like whale growl thing when you're out in, in one of our national parks. You you just you just run and and pray that it doesn't know you're there because it if it did you, you're you're done for. It's 
they are they're awful awful creatures <laughs> how um, do you feel about the dolphins david well, they're me, delicious the dolphins because yeah. every now and then when i was a little bit when i was i'll get like tuna fish and i see a little different color meat in there and i wonder is that dolphin well, when I was on the ship, we um, were in the Eastern Tropical Pacific, which is where most of the tuna comes from in the United States, and it's mostly fished through Mexico and labeled dolphin safe, whether or not it is. And we were um, um, going after tuna saners that were fishing on dolphins. So what they do is they send up little helicopters um, to find pots of dolphins because for reasons we don't understand, dolphins tend to swim over tuna. So if you find the dolphins, you find the tuna. And then they Mm. set the nets over the collection, and they try to let the dolphins out. But many of them get snagged in the nets and are killed. So when you eat tuna from Mexico, there's a good chance that even if that meat isn't tuna, it is responsible for the death of dolphins. And disaster sets, which means 50% or more of the dolphins in the pot are killed, tend to happen at dusk and dawn. So oh, we were especially. That's alarming from a non-observant kosher standpoint for me, because those those cans are all labor, labeled as inspected and kosher. If they got dolphin meat in them, they definitely ain't kosher. If you're trusting the Mexican government with your kosher labeling, <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> that's not possible. Nonetheless, <laughs> I think you're already mashugana. Yes. Why? Why would dolphin meat? Why would dolphin meat not be kosher? Because it doesn't have scales? Uh, yes, and because it's a mammal. And mammals have to have hooves. In, in it lives in, it's not a mammal. It lives in the water. Uh, <laughs> all right, Harlan, we got to go. Um, I don't know if y'all want to continue. Yeah, or, Harlan, let's just... Uh, I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to grab David's opinion while we're talking about environmental conservation. Uh, you guys still have a really big uh, rock python problem in the Everglades, don't you? They still yeah. paying like $100 a pelt for anybody that brings those in. Yeah, you know, th- there's an example of an issue that's, that's you know, um, like the problem of the watch because those were introduced into the Everglades. They're oh, not yeah. natural. And yet they're there now, but they're causing environmental problems. But, you know, from, a, from an animal protection point of view, Killing them for being there doesn't seem right, but leaving them there also doesn't seem right. So. Yes, I, I was. These are those ethical dilemmas that that lawyers deal with. You see, even he just des- have to he just described it. our immigration problem. <laughs> oh, wow! Killing them doesn't quite seem right. Tony, um, and Tony just went from forty in the polls to. <laughs> To, uh, where we live, he just crossed the threshold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not exactly the most uh, progressive Cinched. town in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, speaking of progressive town, uh, Tony, I had to go drop off some paperwork with a client in your neighborhood yesterday. Um, and every time I go to see this particular client, I drive by my favorite house in your city. Yeah, uh, the guy that used to have the the Confederate flag over top of the Israeli flag flying eh? out on a pole in his front yard. Talked about this on the show several times. Yeah, we've had this conversation. I'm always puzzled. 
Well, now it's now it's. I thought it had been replaced the last time I looked, and it was an American flag, and right under it was a Trump flag. So I went back through there last night, and now there's two flagpoles. And so one of them has the American flag and then the Trump flag underneath it. And then the other pole has the, I guess it's the Baptist flag or whatever, the white one with the blue section with the red cross on the it. The Christian flag. The Christian flag. Yeah, that one. And then underneath <laughs> that is the Israeli flag. And then the Confederate flags like hanging in the window. What the hell? So uh, I still think... I think size Nick said that's a flag guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I immediately went to uh to the Big Bang Theory and thought about Sheldon Cooper and fun with flags and maybe it's just for his his YouTube cast. Like vexiology. Vexiology. What a vexillologist. I, uh, I went to I, we were traveling through Tennessee once. And we were in this. We stopped off on a, like one of those little highway diners that you stop at when you're traveling. Why would you yes. stop anywhere in Tennessee? It was near Bucksnort, Tennessee. Why wouldn't you stop near a town named Bucksnort? Because you already <laughs> stopped in a town named Goodlettsville. <laughs> yeah, that's so. <laughs> and the the diner had a little um, gift shop because it's by a highway, right? Yep. Yep. And in the yeah. gift shop, they had two categories of stuff. One was like hyper patriotic, you know, America, love it or leave it, U.S. flag stuff. And the rest of it was Confederate flag stuff. Yes. <laughs> and so I couldn't resist. Of course not. When we were leaving. <laughs> yeah. I paid my bill at the cash register because you had to go up to the cash register to pay. And I was like, you realize you can only have one or the other. You can't have both. And the cashier was like, what do you mean, huh? I'm like, well, you can either have an American flag or a Confederate flag. You can't have both. And she said, no, lots of people have both. And I was like, no, you realize the Confederacy? <laughs> U.S. history. They, they literally loved it or didn't love it, so they left it. <laughs> yes. It turns out U.S. history is very complicated in Tennessee. Um, yeah, I want to hear more of that Georgia, southern accent. Alabama. Anything beyond kindergarten is usually complicated for Tennesseans. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more of that accent. He tried. David tried to do a little bit of a southern accent there, and it, it just didn't sound right. Well, that's because I mean, I was um, spent most of my southern time in Texas, and Texas isn't in the South. No, no, Texas is very much a different kind of place than what we call the South. <laughs> um, I do Listen. appreciate that that you know Texan we don't care about the union kind of attitude, sort of what you get in Georgia and Tennessee and so on, but it, but it's different because it's, well, we don't, we don't care about that either. It's just, it's Texas. Yeah. Everything's Texas. Wasn't Texas part of the Confederacy? No, no, no. Hmm. no. Well, also, it's also the only state that's been brought into the union under the uh, caveat that it can leave at any time it chooses. The first order of business see that general assembly every year is a vote to remain in the union. I want to see what happens if they vote to leave. They won't. They're not. They're not stupid. It's just well, plus, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's, it's not gonna it's well established law <laughs> that they can't anyway. Whatever the provision was, there was this little thing called the Civil War. Yeah, that's where I was going. Abe Lincoln kind of ruined the party for everyone. <laughs> Did he? I, didn't he? Didn't he start the party for everyone? Uh -huh. 
Hey, oh. uh, I do like that that you know that Texas attitude that that it was the it's the only state that was its own country before it joined the union. Yeah, and I think that's how it um, it still very much views itself as being its own country. Does I Hawaii would agree not that, count? Hawaii was a kingdom. There you go. Oh, yeah. Hawaii was a kingdom, and we didn't really care much. Yeah, we still no, don't. Now it's all uh, <laughs> Japanese real estate investors own most of it anyway, right? So, probably. It, uh, you know, the kings of Hawaii were Masons, several of them. Yeah. Really? No. Yep. Yeah. 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 The uh, that that's that was somewhat common in a lot of a lot of uh, royal lines, wasn't it? Because it still is in Jordan. Um, and yeah. where the birds set foot. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. In the case of Hawaii, there was a there was a real strong involvement by the kings in Hawaii in Freemasonry. Now, was that maybe because I'm not as great on well any kind of Samoan history, but would that have been in some maybe misguided effort to get in well with the Europeans, since it seemed like the influential people at the time were we're all in this fraternity, so maybe that was a way to try to preserve the monarchy. I, I, I mean, maybe, but the way I've always heard it was well, twofold. One, there was a respect for initiatory societies coming out of their out of their culture in the first place, and secondly, um, it was um, it was prestigious to have the king in the Masons. So, you know, we don't recruit, but he was, he was given <laughs> ample opportunity. Probably at the point of a musket, but yeah, who are we to judge the Brits? Who, um, who took over Hawaii? I, I mean, like, did the Spaniards take over? Did, was it the English? Was, what's their history? It was the missionaries. Yes. <laughs> which, one, which ones? The Catholic from Spain? or No, it was Protestant missionaries from the United States and oh, the okay. Dole Fruit Corporation. Okay, so they really weren't part of the colonization then during the colonial period. No, no, they were part of what happened when Manifest Destiny reached the other shore, and then we thought, well, help. Let's keep going. Yeah, and then we ended up in the uh, in a war with the Spanish over island territories, and got into Alaska and Hawaii, and did everything we could to practice imperialism while calling it something else. Okay. I'm cynical, so. Yeah. And then flooded the island with Bible bangers and banana collectors. And now it's uh, hotel resorts uh, and an army base. Don't forget about the army base. And an army base. And they have the largest per capita consumption of Spain. Yeah. That is true. Which Nick, is ironic because that comes from bad. my state. Yeah. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. So can you answer my lifelong question of what is spam? Spam has been dumping free since 1973. Anyway, all right. Good night, guys. We got to go. Night. Oh, all right. Well, David, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Yeah, it was fun. I always enjoy this. Uh, It's a little less formal than what you may be accustomed to, but... uh, It is who we are. Which is funny. Come back again. Never get more formal than we're accustomed to. 
It was compromise. Good, it was good meeting you, David. I appreciate it. And uh, you have a good evening. And Little Richard, why don't you sing us off? <laughs> Come on, sing a Little Richard song as you go off uh, the air. That's funny. Fired. And we're, we're, we're very sorry about that growth off your right-hand side, but uh, hopefully you can get that lanced, and the next time you come in, be much better. Wow. You know, Nick is a good friend, and by being my friend, he makes me a better person. So We all, we wow. all love we all love Nick. He gives me the opportunity to practice charity. And I am. I love. I love. <laughs> I love the swings that are couched in charity so deep that you have to think for a minute to realize what it was. That is so <laughs> Harlan, please close the show. <laughs> Shut up! This has been episode. No, we one- start. We start shelling Nick, and all of a sudden we gotta close the show. But. I've been doing that the whole show. All of episode 209 of the After Lodge podcast, for which you can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Don't forget about the Twitter. Nobody's Twittering us, but it's there. At After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound sign, Freemasonry. Uh... Find us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. If they're listening to the podcast, didn't they hear it? No. Uh, Says the guy who doesn't listen to it. They could be listening to it with a friend. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast from. You could be watching and leave us some feedback. Refer us to friends. What in the world? Good Lord. All right. Hang out with us on the Freemasonry and IRC subreddits. Or After Lodge subreddits. Y'all done mess me all up. That was next golly, Miss Solid. Goodbye. Later, y'all. Later. Bye bye.